Unashamed, the recovery podcast. Where we are breaking the shame and stigma of addiction and recovery. One episode at a time. By having real conversations about real recovery. Welcome, Recovery Family. This is Josh with the Unashamed Recovery Podcast, and uh, today I got a special guest in here with me. I've got Mr. Jason Rice with the Sober Hollet Podcast out of Bur- uh, Birmingham, I reckon, Bessemer area. Uh, and uh, he's here. He's going to be doing a testimony for our group here tonight in a uh, little old Meridian. But he's going to give me a few minutes here beforehand and kind of just. Give y'all, the listeners, a little bit of his story and uh, a little behind the scenes that he probably won't get to tonight. Uh, glad you're here, Jason. Yeah, it's good to be here. I had a nice, uh, soggy drive over here, <laughs> but I would have I done even more than that in my addiction. I would have driven right. two hours in the rain to, to feed my addiction for sure, so that's, this was... That's definitely this, right. This was nothing. <laughs> you know, hey... <laughs> I'm glad it's actually raining today because yeah. uh, I was actually getting disappointed. My mud was starting to dehydrate. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, well, Jason, uh, uh, give us a little bit of the listeners a background of uh, kind of uh, what all y'all do over at the Stober Hot Podcast, and just oh a little yeah, bit of- we started about a year ago. Um, me and my sponsor, we were talking about just trying to be able to reach more people and and share. Uh, our story of hope and share you know what we've learned in in recovery um over the years uh between us we got over 20 years of, of recovery and um just just wanting to to make a broader impact than what we were doing and it's been fun that's that's the surprising thing is we have fun doing it you yeah. know we sit down we we laugh uh you know we we talk about you know issues that don't get talked a lot about in the church, you know, a, a, a lot of a lot of addiction recovery issues. You can't go to your Sunday school class and say, hey, I'm struggling, you know, with sexual addiction or I'm struggling with alcoholism or I'm struggling with this. So we found that the podcast is, is a great place where people can, you know, can learn about those issues for themselves or their, for, lo- for their loved ones and they can, you know, listen to that stuff, uh, some topics that they they might not really ever hear talked about because that's of the right. stigma around it that's right yeah that's uh that's a big part of uh of why i did this one uh unashamed hence the, hence the un- yeah. unashamed you know just that stigma you know people people need that safe place where they can go and talk or listen about you know what they're going through oh uh, well jason uh what uh you're uh the addiction that you dealt with that got you down this journey you know, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about what you struggle with. You know, everybody deals with something a little bit different. Uh, for me, I dealt with uh, porn and sex addiction. You know, uh, people have their different flavor, but it's all the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what was yours? Mine was drugs and alcohol. Um, you know, my story starts out a little different than everybody's. I didn't, I didn't start early in high school like a lot of people do. I kind of started later once I was a couple years into college. I started 
going out, just social drinking with my friends. Uh, started innocent enough, and um, something I say a lot is, you know, when you make, and I was a Christian at the time, I was going to church every week um, and all that, but um, I started making small compromises um, that kind of came with the whole drinking, you know, social drinking, partying kind of lifestyle. Yeah. And those small compromises just led to even bigger ones. And then before I know, knew it, you know, all my friends had graduated college. And I hadn't graduated yet because of my, my drinking and using. Yeah. And then I see all my friends start having getting married and having kids and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I kind of felt left behind because here I am, you know, struggling with a drug and alcohol addiction uh, before I knew it, really. It, it had grabbed a hold of me really quickly and had spun out of control before I even realized that I even had a problem. And so, you know, all the things that go along with the drug alcohol uh, addiction is is kind of what happened to me. I mean, I started getting arrested. I started, um, you know, hanging out with, you know, people that, you know, were doing doing crimes and doing, doing worse things that you yeah, do. doing worse things you know my my group of uh, of acquaintances they weren't really real friends they got worse and worse um as time went on and um you know i find, found myself uh doing anything and everything just to feed my addiction and uh racked up a lot of charges was arrested a bunch of times was in and out of the court system drug uh drug court and all that kind of stuff and then I did finally start trying to get sober, and I went to six residential rehabs, and then, but but it was always the same story. I'd get, I'd go in one, I'd, I'd do fine while I was in there, and then I'd get out, and I wouldn't work any kind of recovery program at all, and I wouldn't stay sober, and then I would throw my hands up and be like, well, why can't I stay sober, you know? <laughs> I would always just try to forget about yeah. everything that happened. And I didn't, I didn't understand that I had to give up every part of that lifestyle. Yeah. I would try to go back and hang around with old, the same old friends that I had, and then I would, you know, get in a tempting situation and then I'd fall. And um, what I didn't realize is I had to replace that whole lifestyle with recovery. Yeah. And it took me a long time to to finally realize, you know, that this is not something I'm gonna be able just to to flip a switch off and just forget about and move on from, um, you know, this is, I'm going to have to replace this with a lifestyle of recovery. And for me, you know, that's, that's going to meetings. So I started this last time I got sober, I, I started going to celebrate re recovery meetings regularly for the first time. And I had, I had gone to, um, secular 12 step recovery meetings before in the past, but Jesus Christ wasn't my higher power. And so I think that's what's really made the biggest difference for me is is having the one true higher power, right. um, working the the twelve steps uh, with Jesus Christ as my higher power, and developing a you know uh, a recovery network that is also has Jesus Christ as our higher power, and I have a a great recovery network of people that you know, we're all working towards the same goal. You know, that's made a huge difference for me. Yeah. Uh, the, for me, I'm, I'm the same way. That whole, I start off with secular 12 steps. And I think that's like what you were saying. It just, 
for me, but basically with the secular, you make your doorknob your, your higher power. Mm-hmm. And that's basically just, I'm my own higher power. Well, me got me into the situation that I'm in. So why would I want myself to be my higher power? I needed something else other than me. And I think that was a difference for me as well, battling through the years with what I was dealing with, trying to get like that. So I completely agree with that. Uh, but I love how you said making small compromises. Yeah. That's where it starts at. Yeah. When, and we, when we start making those just little bit, it might even be a blip on the radar. Mm-hmm. And eventually it just gets bigger and bigger. I, I love how you made that. Point. And I, I'll tell you who the friends that I was going out and that when I started the social drinking back in college, there were people that I went to church with. And so, you know, which I find that interesting now because I, I, I kind of felt it kind of made me feel like I was safe doing it. Yeah. Like, hey, these are all people that I go to church with, you know, and I'm not saying that drinking is wrong. I'm not saying that it's wrong for me because I drink alcoholically. Yeah. I can't just drink one beer. <laughs> um, but it, whenever I started going out with those friends, you know, it was kind of like whenever I would drink too much around them, you know, they were just, they kind of played it off. Like they kind of signed off on it for me. And I, and then the next day I'd be like, Oh, sorry about that. And they were like, Oh, it was fine. Um, so, you know, you got to really be careful even in, um, you know, Christian circles. Um, there's, there's an element of compromising that I think that, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's happened to, Yeah. you know, as far as uh, a, a group of people that you go to church with, you know, signing off on something that you probably shouldn't be doing. And, uh, you know, I know that, that, that exists with, you know, say, say movies, you know, I've, I've heard that, that one come up with, with like different shows you watch or whatever. Yeah. I've heard people in church, I watch this show and I'm, you know, and I'll, and I'll hear, overhear them and I'm like, that's eh, probably not, you know, something you should watch. <laughs> but, um, but it, it, it's interesting to me that, that those first set of compromises kind of started all in, in, with, you know, my church, you know, friends, uh, there present with me and with the exception of one friend I had did have one friend that once I started going down that road he he said what you know you you need to hang on here you know you need to hold up no, nobody else really said anything to me but uh, um you know I did have the one friend that was you know kind of trying to warn me he was like I see you going down the wrong road and I used everybody else as kind of an excuse. Well, I'm just going out with everybody else, you know. But uh, but yeah, the, the the those compromises led to bigger ones. And then before I knew it, I wasn't going to church at all. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, it wasn't just not going to church. But I mean, it was you know I had quit praying, I had quit reading my Bible, I had quit seeking the Lord altogether. And then once I got all the way into my addiction where my the addiction was truly my god and my master of my life you know i wasn't even i didn't even believe in god i went that far away from him to where i just i wasn't that wasn't even something on my mind it's amazing how that which we feed just will take us down the rabbit hole further than we thought we'd ever go Mm -hmm. it would just take us and run with us it's uh 
it's truly amazing. Well, Jason, you talk about how you were doing the secular 12 steps and you finally got into a celebrate recovery. So I'm assuming everything got good and you just had no more problems. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so when I first started going to celebrate recovery regularly, I had been to a couple meetings here or there years back, but never really had really regularly went. I was living in New Orleans and I was actually living, still living at the rehab that I went to down there. The, the, uh, the transformation ministry that I was a part of for about a year and a half or so that I lived there. And so, I mean, I didn't, I didn't go in, you know, with everything all together. I was still technically homeless when I started going to celebrate recovery. And, uh, you know, I had, I knew I had a long way to go and, um, you know, started, I was working the steps with my sponsor and, Working the celebrate recovery steps, I like the workbooks because the the questions are different than yeah. what I was used to in AA, and it made me think about it differently because I had worked the steps before in AA, but it was just a, a whole different perspective. Yeah. Um, with the uh, the the journey begins uh, workbooks, having those and working them through with with a, a group of other guys too, so it was that part was really transformative to me because. I had really gotten hung up on why I kept relapsing. And when I worked the steps that time, it really helped me to realize that really doesn't matter as much as I thought it did. Mm -hmm. What really mattered was my recovery now. And that's still what matters is what am I doing in my recovery now? And worried about being, being consumed with trying to figure out why I would always keep relapsing in the past, I was more worried about that than trying to stay sober in the future. I, I really had gotten hung hung up hung up on the past and working the steps again uh, with Jesus Christ as my higher power and in that celebrate recovery group really helped me to focus on now and and what what does my recovery look like now and um, so yeah I've I've worked the steps a couple of times since then. Um, and uh, me and my sponsor now are actually uh, doing the uh, Journey Continues books. Oh, it's nice. a set of workbooks that you do after you work the orig the journey begins. Yeah. And uh, that's been really, um, really eye opening too because it reminds me like I still don't have it together. It doesn't matter how much time <laughs> I have. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. You know how how together I might look on the outside. I still have uh, sin in my life. I still have control issues, anger issues that I'm struggling with. Um, I even just got done la last fall with a round of counseling on some different issues um, that really really helped me a lot to um, accept some things and give up uh, control of some things that I didn't really need to. I have control of in my life and so you know the I keep working on myself because I mean if I don't then I know I'm gonna get um, my recovery is gonna get stale I'm gonna get complacent that's right and then the compromises will just start coming back in again all over again and the recycle the whole cycle will repeat itself again yeah you know uh, I've heard time and time again in recovery recovery is a journey not a race 
You know, we're not doing a 200 meter sprint with a finish line. Yeah, it's true. Your finish line is kind of sobriety, but you're never really there. There's no destination. You're just constantly on that journey. And it's always kind of a work in progress. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, and that's what I kept getting hung up on my past relapses and everything with was, well, I just wasted all that time. I was sober for, um, there was one time where I was sober for almost three years. Oh, man. And I relapsed after that. And I was like, oh, that was all a waste. It was all for nothing. But, you know, the way I look at relapse um, is, you know, if you're if you're climbing up a, a ladder and you climb up 10 feet and you, you fall down, you slip down two feet, I mean, you still are eight feet off the ground. You know, you, you can just keep going. And that's what I tell people whenever they relapse. Just, just keep going. You know, right. just shake that off. The guilt and shame is just it's just from the enemy it's not going to do you any good um see what you can learn from your your relapse and just move on you know because getting hung up on it is is i think is the way the enemy uses those those relapses to just drag you down um even further most definitely uh so it might have been something y'all posted on your page talking about how yeah, you might have relapsed, but this time you're not starting from scratch. You're actually starting from experience this time. So make that step again. Yeah. Uh, that's always important. Um, I tell my sponsees all the time, man, just, yeah, you, you messed up. It's all right. You know what to do. Make you know, Make that correct step and let's get out of the pit. And let's start making some progress again. You know, that's like saying that, hey, I'm going down I-20 and I get a flat tire. And I'm going to go cut the other three tires. Right, yeah. I mean, it just, it don't, I mean. Which is what I naturally want to do. Yeah. I mean, I want to burn the house down whenever I do relapse. And, <laughs> and the neighbor's house. Right, yeah, and and your house too. <laughs> but, you know, I that's one thing I've been trying to work on, um, especially in the last couple of years, is black and white thinking. And I think a lot of people with addiction suffer from that. Um, you know, if I can't, it's, it's got to be all or nothing. And, you know, my wife has really helped me with that because she's quick to identify, hey, you're black and white thinking right now. Just, I mean, just in general areas in life, not just in, a, in recovery or whatever, but just in general uh, with family members, with family situations, with work stuff, you know, uh, she's really helped me to identify that, hey, you know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, you know. <laughs> so um, applying that to my recovery, too, uh, has been has been something that's been really hard for me to do, but um, I've been trying to work on that. But especially with relapsing, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to burn the house down when you when you relapse. You can get right back on, uh, right. and and pick, and just keep going. That's right. Well, Jason, I, I appreciate you taking a, a little bit of your time today to talk with me. But it's almost about all the time we got. I got a a few more minutes, and I want to ask you a couple of questions yeah. as we close out. Uh, looking back, what is the biggest thing that you took from your story? Like, what did you learn from it? Um, if I was listening to my story as if it was not me, like if somebody just told my story and I heard it, I, I think, 
I think I would hear that there is always hope. No matter how bad you think it's gotten, there is always hope. Um, because, uh, you know, there was so many times where I didn't have any hope. And even the last time when I went to um, the rehab, when I got sober this last time, I had given up pretty much. And I didn't think I was ever going to be able to get sober and stay sober. I could get sober. That was never really the hard part. The hard part was staying sober for any length of time. And whenever I work with sponsees now, um, I've had a few here in the last year where they just can't, they can't get sober and stay sober. And I see myself in them. And, and I just, I want to shake them and just say, look, if I can get sober... I know you can get sober because I was as bad as you, if not worse than you were. And I know I had people tell me that when I was in the midst of my addiction and, but, and it's so hard to see, but you know, now looking back on, on my, my own life and my own story, it's amazing that, you know, I, I, I still am amazed that I have been able to be free of drugs and alcohol for almost seven years now. That's amazing. It, it's, I mean, I don't, like when I really stop and think about it, I, my, I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude that I was able to get freedom from that. And I really do feel like I'm free of that today. And that's not saying that I can go, you know, drink a beer or, or use drugs or whatever like that and it'd be fine now. I'm, I, I still refer to myself as an alcoholic and an addict, and all I mean by that is that I can't use or drink safely. Yeah. But I, I'm not saying that defines me. Um, I, I know who I am in Christ today and all that. So, um, but yeah, just just tell them, you know, just knowing that there is hope, no matter how far down the scale you've 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 gone, no matter how far down the ele the elevators drop, you might think your bottom is is as bad as it can get there's always hope that's right i think uh we're all looking for hope uh, especially when we've hit that rock bottom uh, moving on to question two what would you tell somebody who is going through the same thing that you came out of i asked somebody this the other day i said do you have hope and they said no like do i, do, I asked them do they have hope for themselves and they said no and I said, well, I, I have hope for you. And I really like telling people that because it's hard to, to talk somebody into having hope for themselves. But when you tell them, I have hope for you, it's almost something like they can hang on to that. Um, it's, it's somewhat tangible to them because you're telling them, I believe in you. Yeah. I believe that you can recover. And their whole family might be telling them, you're a sorry piece of crap, and yeah. you're never going to amount to anything. Um, right. So sometimes just like a little bit of an encouragement to somebody. And if you're listening to this and you're in the middle of addiction, whatever it might be, uh, drugs, alcohol, codependency, food addiction, sexual addiction, whatever addiction you might be struggling with, I have hope for you. Josh has hope for you. There's, right. there's tons of people that have been exactly where you are and are walking in freedom from that now. That's right. Man, that's a good answer. I like that. I have hope for you. And the third and final question, Jason, what impact 
do you think the current you had from the old you? Wow. Uh, it's, it's basically shaped my whole life. I mean, my addiction to drugs and alcohol has touched every aspect of my life and has shaped the life I live today. Um, every big decision that I've made in the last six and a half years has been a result of, of you know, my addiction to, to uh, drugs and alcohol. My wife, I would have never met my wife had I not gone down to New Orleans to go to rehab down there. And then once I was done at the rehab place, I started attending church, a local church, and then that's where I met my wife. So had I not went down there and been in recovery down there, I would have never met and married my wife now, um, which is the the greatest blessing in my life. And I'm uh, so glad you clarified that because I thought you were about to say you met your wife at rehab. No, 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 no. no I was... She was not <laughs> in rehab. Uh, and I was... Back no, tell I'll, everybody, do not don't do, do that. <laughs> I try so, to tell people not to do that, but so not everybody you, listens. I'm glad you clarified that one. No, yet. she was she's she's like a normal Earth person. Uh, <laughs> that's what I call them. And I had I had graduated from the drug rehab place, and I had went to I started um, going to the seminary that was there in New Orleans, the Baptist Seminary that's located there, and she went to school there too. But then I also started going to the same church that she went to. And, um, you know, we we eventually started dating after a period of time, being friends and all that kind of stuff. So, so I mean, I, none of that would have ever happened, That's right. you know, if, if I wasn't, you know, in, you know, recovery from drugs and alcohol. And even my job now, uh, working as a full-time worship pastor at a church, you know that wouldn't be possible. Uh, I would before I relapsed. That's before the relapses sent me down to New Orleans. I was on. I was in no, you know, position to get back into or to to go into full time Christian ministry or anything like that. And going down to New Orleans and um, going through the process there, you know, that kind of put me on the track for for God to use me to get me into full-time ministry like I am today. And so it's, it's, it's touched every aspect of my life. It's, it's the biggest impactor on my life that I could think of. That's amazing. That is amazing. Well, Jason, I'm glad you're here today and, and uh, share your amazing story with our listeners. Um, and before we end this, tell the listeners where they can find your and Roger's podcast yeah our podcast is called soberholic podcast you can find us at uh, all your major podcast providers uh, spotify apple Podcasts, all those major ones are and you can email me or roger at soberholic podcast at gmail.com sounds great guys definitely if, if you think unashamed recovery podcast is good definitely give them a listen they're they're all uh, they got some good stuff out there. They're putting out some amazing recovery-related content. I listen to them, uh, and it's just it's amazing. And, guys, that's all we got for today. Uh, you can reach out, and you can find us on any social media or Twitter. We're very active on Twitter uh, using the hashtag recoveryposse. And, uh, or you can email us at theunashamedpodcast at yahoo.com. And, guys, that's all I got for today. And this is Josh signing out.